0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The Home Loan Expert LLC, NMLS number two forty one. Take two second
1: verse. Same as the first. Welcome into the Midday Grind, 590 The Fan, 590TheFan.com. It is now twelve twelve. and on the text line, people were disappointed because in my first intro, and we apologize for the technical difficulties, <laughs> I forgot to announce the temperature. That's now a thing on our show. But we say, do you get the show? Do people get the show? They get it now because they, they, right. they actually want me or us to tell us that it's 86 degrees right now in the beautiful city of St. Louis as we are here at the Schnooks on Arsenal for Pineapple Palooza, ninety-nine cents for a fresh pineapple, five bucks for a case. They have a display here; you got to see it. Actually, it's pretty cool. Nineteen thousand six hundred and fifty pineapples—they've broken a world record. It was about seventeen thousand. So they have this cool display; you can take pictures for all your social media. They have face paint and activities for the kids, and all kinds of pineapple. Samples, Charlie Marlowe, Jim Hewer. I just got here, Jim, about uh, 20 minutes ago. You've been here for a while, though. And the samples, I had this salmon, which is really good. It's outstanding, isn't it? And the bratwurst and everything, of course, as you'd expect for Pineapple Palooza with the nice pineapple, uh, fresh pineapple. And there's some grilled pineapple adding to the flavor.
0: Yes, it's outstanding. I know some people that have come to the store regularly to get a lot of great meats that they have cut in the meat department. But the pineapple thing today is unbelievable. There have just been hundreds of people that have come in and out. They've stopped in front of what looks like a wall of pineapples and uh, posed with their kids for pictures. I mean, it's it's pretty awesome here. And they got a great special on pineapples, and it's summertime. So what better? time to come out and get some pineapples down here in Arsenal at the Snooks. I mean, it's fantastic here today.
1: One hundred percent. You have women's soccer in the World Cup taking on France in a couple of hours. That's on Fox, Two. Make sure you check that out. Cardinals tonight starting this nine game road swing right before the All-Star break. So kind of crazy. You have more than two weeks for the Cardinals to play a home game at Busch Stadium because you have the nine game. Road trip right before the break, and then you have the All-Star break, of course. And Mike Schultz' pregame comments, for the most part, got a lot of play on Wednesday and yesterday for the off day, and then tonight it's uh, back to baseball. And it does seem, especially this week. Now, this past weekend, it was all about Albert Pujols. It was the Pujols' love fest, but also the Cardinals'. They take two of three and they do, as Mike Schultz said, give them credit for their comeback on Sunday being six down. They didn't win the game, but they showed some fight. So you win two of three from a from a similar team in the Angels, but then you lose two straight to another similar team, kind of around five hundred, like the Oakland A's. And then tonight you have another similar type team in the Padres, right there around five hundred. So you look at this trip, again, nine games, Padres, Mariners, Giants you got to think this is a good chance for the Cardinals to go on a little bit of a run. And I actually think they will. And that's not me just being, hey, pie in the sky. I feel like this team is certainly underperformed offensively. Now, I'm not so sure the starting pitching is going to get that much better. They might just be what they are. You do have a good bullpen. You have a good base running team. You have good defense. The starting pitching has been, been very poor. The offense, we did a graphic last night on Fox 2 where among the – the 15 National League teams, if you're talking about baseball card stats, runs, homers, batting average, Uh Cardinals are 12th in all of those. Batting 243, on-base percentage 320, that's 11th in the National League, slugging percentage of 400, that's 13th. So you're talking about a team offensively that's right there around 12th out of 15 in basically every offensive category in terms of of baseball card stats. We're not getting into the advanced Mm -hmm. metrics, although those aren't necessarily great either. either, But (laughs) look... If you're going to have an offense like that, you better have the best bullpen in baseball and the best rotation in baseball to win, and they don't right now. I mean, the thing I will say, though, is I do think, and Michael Gersh said this the other day, if you look at the back of the baseball cards of these players, I do think they'll get back close to their numbers. These guys aren't 39 years old. I think you're going to see an improvement and a an regression to the mean for a lot of these guys. Goldschmidt and Matt Carpenter, etc. Right.
0: That is the thing here. All right, let's 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 evaluate you're going into the month of July here. You're three games out of the division race at the top right now. If if I talked to you in January and said, well, you're going to be three games out in July, you like where you're at, you go, okay, I'm close. But you'd say,
1: man, that's where we've been the last three years, right? And then that's
0: my point. My, the next point is, okay, it's all about what you do between now and the end of the season, whether or not... You feel this season is a success or not? Right now, you're just you're within shouting distance. That's all you want to be. We'd all love to be 12 games up on somebody. Everybody would like to have that. We'd love to have the the situation the Dodgers are in. The reality is this team's not that good. They're not. Uh, part of the conversation. I keep hearing it more and more from. We talk about it at the station all day long. Maybe this is what they are. That's that. If that's what they are, a 500. Three above, three below, somewhere in that range, that's a six game swing. Then guess what? It's time to make some changes and adjust what you have at this point. And I think that's where this whole thing sits right now with the Cardinals in terms of what the front office has to do. They have to decide where do we need to add? Where do we need to change things? Is Matt Carpenter really going to come out of it? Or. Is Matt Carpenter just going to be, you know, he'll come up a little bit, but he's only going to be a two thirty hitter for the rest of his career. I mean, the Carpenter thing for me is the most puzzling, but it's also, I think, the biggest hole with the whole team, not necessarily Matt himself, but it's that leadoff position, period. There isn't anybody that's been able to fill it. They've been given opportunities. Bader hasn't done it. Fowler was ready to go do it, it looked like, and then he regressed. There isn't anybody else there. That has shown the ability to get on, and that's why your guy, Goldschmidt, while he's not hitting, he's not driving in any runs. He's got to drive in runs. I'm amazed that Ozuna is sixth in RBIs in the entire Major League Baseball with a group of guys that can't get on base in front of him. I mean, can you imagine how much better Ozuna would be right now? And people would be saying, man, this guy's got to be an all-star. He's our best player. You're not hearing that, but if he had two guys or a guy that could get on base at all, he'd be an all star right now. It's all about the offense and the leadoff spot for me.
1: And, and look, it's a very small sample size, very small. But Tommy yep. Edmond, he's batting 421. I mean, right now his OPS is almost 1200. And again, it's a very small sample size. Never do I think his numbers will be anything Had close been to a that. Week yet. <laughs> once he's he's here, hopefully for a month or so plus. So right. I'm almost kind of joking in the Mag Sierra sense. We always do this, and it's kind of fun. I, I do it half kiddingly. But but look, again, I always say at least roll these guys out there until they fail. Right? That's so, it. Right. So now. look, right now, the other day, Tommy Edmond gets his his uh, shot leading off. Carpenter took the day off, and as a veteran, I'm guessing to not have to start on wednesday and then a full off day on on thursday i'm guessing he's going to play tonight now will he bat lead off to me i'm keeping tommy Edmond there until he fails and i'm not saying he's going to be there all season long but again right now it's working why mess with that and and i think sometimes when you just move a guy around maybe if you after a couple days off you put carpenter down in the lineup maybe that gets him going i'm just looking at the offensive numbers for these guys. I just don't think some of these guys are going to be this bad all season long. And that's why, Jim, when you're talking about what are the Cardinals, who are the Cardinals in terms of record, you know, we can check the tape. I know Mike Schultz said they weren't getting a lot of credit when they were 20 and 10. I think we were pumping their tires pretty good. But I also remember thinking or saying you should never really judge a team right after a huge winning streak or a huge losing streak because True. it. When we always go, oh, they're on pace for after the big winning streak, they're on pace for 117 wins. After the seven-game losing streak, they're on pace to win 82. Right? Like, right. let things play out, and that's where I I truly believe the Cardinals were not as good as 20 and 10. Right? That was Agreed. that was the best well, I they don't were think playing. They are. Yeah. Everybody was rocking and rolling. But to be fair, I also think they're not as bad as they certainly were in the month of May, and that's why when you say, "Who are the Cardinals?" they're not 10 games over but i actually think they're more like a 5 games over team and look maybe Which that's maybe that's not even 16, good enough yeah. right i mean that's still probably in the realm of final week of the season you got to go 5 and 1 to get a wild card right so that's where i do think the cardinals they need to make a bold move and add a starting pitcher whoever it is whether it's mad bummer or, or somebody else but i actually i think the cardinals are going to go on a nice run here in the final road trip before the All-Star break. It would not surprise me one bit if they won six or seven of these games against winnable opponents. Padres are just like them. They're just around five hundred, and the Mariners and Giants are much worse than the Cardinals. So it wouldn't surprise me if they, let's say, sweep one of these series and take two of three in the other
0: two. They have to capitalize on the Seattle Giants thing that's coming up at the last six games of this uh, before the break. There's just no getting – you cannot go – Well, we were 500 in that group. No, you have to dominate those teams, and you have to beat up on them. It's plain and simple. Um, (laughs) The San Diego thing is interesting because I don't think we really know or have a feel for how good San Diego is or isn't. I know they got some pretty good young players. I know Machado's a superstar talent. Uh, they got some good young arms coming through. How good are they, though? And I don't think they know. They're, I mean, this is their year to grow and think about becoming a contender. I don't think they're ready to become a contender yet. So you got to you got to be able to beat them if you are a playoff team. And we think the Cardinals are a playoff team right now. So you got to make some hay. I agree with that a hundred percent. You you think they it. You just said it. You think they need a pitcher? Oh, I know I some think... people say. Well, we got to find another bat. Well, they, they look. Or, I mean, or you could go both. Obviously, but
1: which one's the most important? Well, to me, what's most important if Miles Michaelis and Jack Flaherty don't get back somewhere close to where they were in 2018, you need a top of the rotation starter if you want to actually make the playoffs in 2019. And I say that because if you look at the rotation, let's 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 judge it based on what we thought was going to happen before the season, and we're basically at the midpoint right now, yep. and what's happened. Okay, let's let's start from the back end. I think it's fair to say Adam Wainwright, ERA around, what, 4.3? He's about what you expected for a fifth starter not making a ton of money in his, in his one-year deal at age 37. Okay, would I like for him to be better? Sure. But he's the fifth starter. That's okay. He, he gives you a chance to win. Waka clearly has been bad. Daniel Ponce de Leon, that's an incomplete, but every time he goes out there, he's he's dang good in a small sample size. So mm-hmm. kind of like Tommy Edmund, let's keep rolling him out there until he gives you the opportunity and says, hey, i got to take you out. Right now, every time he goes out there, I feel like he gives you five innings and allows one or two runs. Dakota Hudson, better than expected. And again, his baseball card stats are darn good. If you talk to some analytics people, they'll say, if you look behind that, they wonder sometimes how he's having such success, but... If you're throwing 95-mile-an-hour power sinkers and you're getting guys to put the ball on the ground 65% of the time, that's a pretty good recipe for success as well.
0: As far as the Hudson thing goes, he's not giving up home runs. The that's rest of the league is giving up home runs at an rate, Including Michaelis and Flaherty. Yes. And he's not. He, I think he has been better than he's given credit for because of that stat only. Because... You go on any team right now, they're just giving up bombs left and right. And he's not giving up any. I think he's even been better than, than his baseball card stats say he is because of that reason myself.
1: And that's where it's, it's a joke, it's the old adage, but you can't hit a ground ball out of the park. And look, you'll take it. W- will he have a weird day where he gets babbipped, where you're going to have seven hard-hit grounders that find holes? That will happen because he's not going to strike out 12. Now he might strike out six. I mean, he's got good stuff, like I said. So every once in a while, it's kind of like Lance Lynn. If you remember, Lance Lynn, he's just throwing fastballs. And he's, for the most part, when he was with the Cardinals, he's keeping the ball out of the seats. But every once in a while, because you're not so overpowering, you're going to have guys putting the ball in play, and every once in a while, eight of those are going to go for hits. right? But then look at the top of the rotation, and this is where Miles Michaelis, Unbelievable numbers last year. And I don't think anybody thought he would replicate those. But still, to be a horse, to be like a number two starter, even if both Michaelis and Flaherty were number two type starters, you're cool with that. But both of them are more like four fives right now. I mean, we're talking league average. And Michaelis, I, I get that. His home run numbers are off the charts in terms of allowing home runs this year. But he's also he's a pitch-to-contact guy. I know he's a, he's a big body and he's a workhorse, but he's not going to strike out 200 guys. That's where, to me, Flaherty is, is more surprising. Because when you watch him, he does have really good stuff in a lot of these starts. I mean, he will strike out eight or six, and he will have good stuff. But then look at the A's game, and he's cruising,
0: and then home run, home run, home run. He's done that in multiple starts this year. I mean, you go back and go, wow, he's cruising. He, he might throw a no-hitter tonight. And then the third or fourth inning shows up, and he's giving up four or five. You go, wow, that crooked number. I didn't see that coming. And, and they're playing from behind. He, here's what, the thing with Flaherty, and I think we forgot it with Hudson early on. Guys got to go through a full season to figure out, hey, there's going to be lots of times when you don't have it. You've got to figure out how to get through it. Or you're going to lose it for a short period of time, and you are got to figure out how to get it back. Dakota Hudson, there were so many times in the first month where you're going, poor kid can't find the plate, and it was painful to watch. And to sit there and count on a guy like that, you go, well, I need six innings out of you regardless, kid. You're going to have to go out. You can't do that with that many guys. They did it with him. We saw so much positive stuff out of Flaherty. And we were putting him right next to Walker Bueller in terms of best young arm in the at the end of last year. Those are the two best arms of baseball.
1: That was not an unfair thought Yes, at all.
0: And to see him now go through the growing process of sometimes I can just throw a fastball and get guys out with strikeout when I want, but now he's finding out, well, I can't just blow up by a guy every night because I'm giving up bombs left and right. He's going through that process. Dakota Hudson has kind of graduated a little bit from that. Flaherty has not. He's actually struggling for the first time at this level, and guess what? in that situation in a perfect situation i should say he would be a 4 or 5 guy for another team well guess what we don't you don't have that luxury here in st louis you're one of my guys i'm counting on to go out there and give me a a quality start every fifth day and he's just not ready for that right now that i think that's where he's at that's it's a i think it's a fair thing to say and the other side of it is charlie he has such great talent it might be just a snap of the fingers work on something, and something clicks, and then he gets it figured out. But right now, he's scuffling each time he goes out there.
1: And I think what you talked about with Dakota Hudson, it's a good lesson for all of us in terms of patience. But on the other side of it, it's hard to be real patient when it's year four, potentially, of not making the playoffs. So you can be patient if you're nine games up, right? Like, after April, and maybe I said it, I can't remember, but a lot of people were saying, maybe it's better for... Dakota Hudson to go to Memphis and and figure this out. And that might not have even been wrong, to be honest with you. But guess what? After a month of struggling, he figured something out, and he's been amazing since then. And and look at Flaherty. If you remember, Flaherty's first call-up was 17, and he did struggle. And and usually guys do. I remember Luke Weaver struggled, came back, and had a good year in his first full year. Same with Flaherty. Struggled in his first kind of cup of coffee, 17, came back, was really good in 18, and... I usually don't believe in the whole jinx slump type deal. I mean I, I don't know. Maybe there's something to to teams figuring Flaherty out because from a stuff standpoint, he still has it velocity wise when you're watching him right. pitch and, and the bite on his pitches. I wonder sometimes too if if he has such good stuff, does he think maybe that he can attack guys with more of the plate than he actually can? And I'm only saying that because I I've I've been surprised a bit sometimes when you're watching the Fox Sports Midwest postgame show, or, or if I'm there for Fox 2 after a Flaherty start, a lot of times if he gets a home run hit off him, he'll say, oh, that was actually a good pitch, and nine times out of ten, that's a rollover to third. He says things like that a lot, and look, you're facing major yeah. league hitters every single day. I mean, if you make a bad pitch, it's in the seats nine out of ten times, and if you make a good pitch, it could be in the seats two out of ten times, so... I've just noticed too, and I'm not saying this is the reason, but sometimes I feel like after a start, he kind of, oh, that was a broken bat, that was a ground ball, that was a cheap hit. You know, like I know that scenario. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't sound good either when your numbers aren't great. It kind of sounds like you're complaining, like the opposition that they're not earning their runs. And yeah,
0: I'd be curious with what you're saying. How much of that is him just saying stuff to be saying stuff, or how much does he really believe that? Because if he believes that. That could be a problem, and I think that's what you're getting at. That could be a a, a real problem because you don't want to be the guy who's making an excuse every time. At some point, it is a results business, and if you're not getting the results and you're doing the same thing, you're going, well, you know, this didn't work quite. If you're not going to do it, you're not going to be here long. So you've got to find a different way to get guys out or maybe not so much of the plate. Maybe it's, uh, you know, two inches outside or an inch lower or whatever the case is. I didn't realize he was – making that kind of I've just noticed that
1: the last month or so after some poor outings I've just I've just noticed that and again I'm not saying that has anything to do with why he's not performing well I'm sure he's frustrated but you got to remember too for all the talent he has and, and you talked about last year we were discussing Walker Bueller I mean he's a phenom type player but still again I mean you're not Clayton Kershaw you're not you're not yeah. Max Scherzer. Like, you still have to prove yourself year in, year out to go out there and become one of the best starters in baseball, which I certainly think he has a chance to do that. Maybe for him, if he has a good start or two before the all-star break and you get away, clear his head or, or refine something mechanically. Yep. And, and, and maybe a little rest comes back. It wouldn't surprise me also if he's – look, it would be hard for Jack Flaherty to be worse than an ERA approaching five – whatever it is, 4.75, with stuff like he has. Again, people on the text line might say, oh, that's blind optimism, which is Mike Schilt's word. But, <laughs> again, do you really think Jack Flaherty is going to be this bad in the second half?
0: I don't think so. I really don't because of the stuff he has. We're not talking about – I'll put it to you this way. If it was um, Ponce, I'd be, like, well, you know what, maybe he's just not good enough. You Because know? I think we're still trying to figure out what he is. Flaherty has got – Number one stuff. Everybody knows that. Everybody agrees. So from that standpoint, he should get better than what he is right now. I think there, there's an upside. If it was Ponce de Leon, you'd be going, well, he really is a, a three or four guy. So he's probably going to have a, a four-something ERA.
1: You know what's funny about that, though? We always do this, I feel like, because to me, the expectations are so much based on draft position. For example, coming up, we've heard yeah. about Flaherty in first-round pick for so long that you expect him to be a 1-2. A guy like Ponce, who we've also heard about him, and he obviously had the, the ball hit back at his had a couple years ago, and, and everybody knew about that story. But he's also pretty dang good. I mean, he goes he oh, 95 awful. miles an hour, but it, it's funny how the expectations are, oh, it's just Ponce. And look, maybe he comes up and he's really good because that happens sometimes in baseball. But I think so much of that goes back to your draft position and what we expect out of you. So it's always kind of like, oh, Ponce, we'll see what happens there. And and he's come up and made, I don't know, four or five starts in his career the last yeah. couple of years. And, again, he's had one bad one. And I'm not saying he's Max Scherzer, but he gives you a good chance to win every time out there. He certainly, in my opinion, gives you a better chance over the course of a bunch of starts than Michael Waka. I mean, Michael Waka can be good here and there. Maybe he's good tonight, but the body of work in 2019 is not good at all.
0: Well, it the Waka thing is... If we're, I hate to say the word labeling, but you're kind of labeling guys, and, and that's what we're talking about here. Right now you're labeling Waka is he's fighting to stay in the major leagues right now. That's where his career is at. We're not saying he's a four or five. We're saying he's a couple more bad starts than not even being here. Or
1: maybe a reliever. I mean, this yeah. is his free agent year. Yeah, you're right. Is, is he going to be a starter or a reliever? What's his role in the major leagues beyond 2019. I think that's a fair question. He's probably going to face that this offseason. Right. And
0: so with him, he's just got to find a way to get guys out and and survive. So if you're a Cardinal fan, if you say, well, we got Walker, and you're counting on him to be a starter from here on out, that's an alarm for me. That's a a flag going up going, "Uh uh-oh. That's not a good thing at all. Um, So there's that. The Michaelis thing, real quick. He's not a true one. And don't I don't think anybody ever thought that. Right. But his numbers last but,
1: year were one-ish.
0: Right. But with look at the group that we have here now for the Cardinals. He almost is your one by default. That's not ideal, and that means your staff is not ideal, which also means you better go find somebody or over the second half of the season, if you really think you're going to get pitching good enough to get you in the playoffs – you might be fooling yourself because you don't have, quote, a one. Um, To go along with, you got two rookies trying to figure it out. There's three of your five. We mentioned Waka is one of those five. That's a lot of question marks for a starting staff.
1: And that's where, again, entering the season, if you even said, okay, let's say Michaelis and Flaherty are both kind of like twos, right? Yep. Let's say Adam Wainwright's a five. Let's say Dakota Hudson and and Michael Waka are where they should be 3-4 or or reverse that for Waka right. or Hudson. I think that's a fair thing to say, okay, that's what we can expect for 2019, and then add maybe Carlos Martinez entering the rotation and maybe Alex Reyes entering the rotation. And then look midway through the season, what are we looking at now? We're looking at the two guys we thought were going to be twos, Flaherty and Michaelis, are legitimately more like four fives. Bueno right. is a five, which you expected. Waka is basically a six, meaning we don't even know if he should be in the rotation, and Hudson's more like, let's say, a, a three. Add that up, that's not a good
0: starting rotation right. at all. It, everybody keeps throwing in the Reyes name or the Gombert. The, those two guys. Well, they'll add. Well, then you're in the same position you are with Flaherty and Hudson. you got two young kids that never pitched in the majors for a full season. And then guess what? They're going to have days where they can't figure it out. They're going to go through the same process. You cannot expect to be a, a in contention for anything in the playoffs if that is your rotation. It's just unrealistic. They're going to have to go find somebody.
1: I want to tell people about STL Chimney on the web, stlchimney.com, or on Facebook, STL Chimney. Call the team at 314-492-4040 or email them, stlchimney at gmail.com. They do sweeps, cleanings, inspections, repairs. Don't wait till the fall or winter when everybody wants their chimney and their fireplace fixed. Because that's what we did this past winter, fall. We wanted our fireplace repaired before the holidays this past year. We waited too long. Everybody was booked up. So a couple months ago, we called STL Chimney. They repaired our chimney and fireplace. They did really nice custom work on the inside, up on the roof. Everything looks great, works great. The fireplace is just uh, perfect for when it gets cool and cold again. I highly recommend STL Chimney. STLchimney.com on the web or on Facebook. Call the team at 314-492-4040. It is STL Chimney. Charlie Marlowe, Jim Hewer here at Schnucks on Arsenal for pineapple-a-palooza. 99 cents for a pineapple, five bucks for a case. They have this beautiful display of 19,650 pineapples, a world record they just broke. The previous record was about 17,000. So come on down, take your pictures in front of the great pineapple-palooza display. They have face paint and activities for the kids and all kinds of samples. We have the uh, the pineapple kind of shake. We have the pineapple infused bratwurst and salmon. Everything's fantastic. It's outstanding. Here at the Schnooks on Arsenal. We'll be right back on the midday grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com.
0: Judy was boring. Hello.
1: Then Judy discovered JumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.